Welcome to the Romans Empire podcast. Zach, why do you sound so happy right now? There's I'm no reason to be happy. Fucking depressed. There's man. absolutely no reason to be happy. I'm at this really, point. I'm, I'm really just trying to be as positive as possible. Um, it's been a rough week. So you're gonna be the good cop. I'll be the bad cop. I think we'll both be the bad cop because yeah. a lot of bashing needs to be done today. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, pretty bad week. Not gonna lie. Um, I got sick this week too. On top of the Chelsea wow, game. on top of everything, you also got on sick. on top of the Chelsea game. How I got you, sick. How do you feel right now? Though? My little my 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 club team that I coach. Um, we lost in the last five minutes of our game. We conceded three goals and oh. lost five to two after being, or actually four to two, after being up two one most of the match. And and that was right after Chelsea lost to Crystal Palace. So like, and also, I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners are from the United States, but also U.S. did not I qualify re- for the World Cup. That's just to add on to this shitty week. I did not want to mention it in this podcast because I feel like I would go on a total. Alexi Lawless rant, as much as I hate him. <laughs> and this isn't a Team USA this podcast. This isn't a Team USA podcast, but very, very depressing. Um, I know a lot of our listeners aren't from the USA. Actually, a couple listeners from uh, places other than uh, England as well. So hopefully your team's gone into the World Cup. But speaking of the World Cup, Chile, the Netherlands, Possibly Croatia, possibly Italy. I mean, those are all sides that could miss out on the World Cup. Yeah, that is that's just it's it's nuts. And also keep your eye out for the U seventeen World Cup going on right now. Oh yeah, uh, actually, Iran is going off. Yeah, Iran they beat Iran. they beat Germany four zero. The USA won today five nothing. Oh great, yeah. yeah. We we play Mexico tomorrow morning. So who Iran? Yeah, Iran Good plays luck. Mexico tomorrow morning. Hey, we're we're playing this. We're like the second best team in, in right now and. Wow. But uh, let's 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 stick to some Chelsea talk yeah, right now. I, I didn't want to get into this, but we got to start talking about this Crystal Palace game. So, um, I mean, I guess I have to go through the starting lineup, right? That's usually how this works. So, Thibaut Courtois starting in goal. Um, back three, very similar to what we played last year. Dave Cahill, David Luiz in the middle. Um, we had Marcus Alonso and Victor Moses as our wingbacks. Um, Fabregas partnered with Bakayoko. Um, and then we played with a front three of William, uh, your boy Michi, and uh, one Nizard. So my first note here is poor performance overall. So I think that's a I think that's an understatement. Times ten. Very 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 lethargic, um, disappointing. The players didn't look inspired, and you could tell on the sideline. Conte was was very very irritated. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't like losing. And he said in the press conference after the game, you know, putting it 100, 100% like last year isn't going to work. We got to put in 150% this year. Um, so somewhat of a rally cry from the manager. Um, I don't think for one second that Conte is a bad motivator. And I actually don't put the motivation part of this match on, on Antonio Conte. Jesus, it, it, it just seems like, does everyone forget about last season? I mean, I know his first season in winning the Premier League. And, uh, but I mean, let's, I, my problem right now isn't with Conte. It's, I mean, Conte actually did contribute to, he, 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 he didn't, 
He did. Look, he did get the team selection wrong. Yeah, and I think that was pretty evident because I don't think that it's a it, the motivation is something to be worried yeah. about right now. Yeah. No. I, but but that's the thing. Like, yes, we did look leggy and we did look tired, but the players didn't have that fight that you know we expect, especially coming off of a match against Man City where we were played off the park. And although it was one nothing, that was a scoreline that flattered to deceive. That could have easily been three or four nil. And I thought we would come out um, swinging. And to quote you I, in the last podcast, if we don't win this game, I'll be really, really mad. I said, I think I said I'm gonna be really, really pissed. Really, really pissed. Whatever it was, <laughs> we're really, really pissed. I don't even know above. why I even brought that up in the first place. I think the fact that I even mentioned the possibility of us losing might have just even lost us the game. So after I we, wanted to apologize personally to everyone. After for we our finished recording, I realized that there was a big flaw in my script, and I should have brought up last year's Crystal Palace match at the Bridge. Well, we're well, blah. Where Wilfred Zaha a.k.a. the Chelsea killer, scored against us last year and just absolutely destroyed us at the bridge, right, late in the season. I think that was a match before West Brom, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. And then he comes back from injury this week and absolutely torches us. He looks world-class when he plays against us. Like, I know. He just even, gets up for these matches. I don't think we even mentioned him really last week in our pod, which no. might have been our fault. But, I mean, coming off an injury, we didn't think he that he was He wasn't supposed gonna, to play. Yeah, we, I didn't think that he was going to come back or, if he did, play this well. And he wasn't match fit. But one thing we did mention last week in the podcast, and I specifically remember mentioning this, is that Roy Hodgson doesn't have a lot of internationals on his side. Yeah. So he's going to have those full that full two weeks to prepare for a match like this and instill his ideas. And it worked to a T. I mean, we were, I don't want to say outmanaged, because again, I don't put all the blame on Conte for this game. I think he could have done better with the team selection. But tact, but tactically, what he was trying to go for made sense. We just weren't up for it. And that's the very irritating part. And that And that tactic being what? I mean, a lot of people on Twitter, especially the Twitter haters, were going off on Michi and saying he shouldn't have started that match. Look at it this way. If you're a Chelsea fan before the Crystal Palace match and you did not think that we were going to have at least 60% of possession, you're a fucking idiot. You need a poacher like that in the box when we have that much possession and when they put all 11 players behind the ball and try to hit you on the break, which is exactly what Palace did mm-hmm. in the, for long periods of the second half because the first half we just couldn't establish a rhythm. But it made sense having Michi in the box. I mean... I know you don't like him, and, you know, he's not the right striker for this system. It's a love-hate relationship with him. It is a love-hate relationship, but but let's be honest. He's a poacher, and he's really good in the penalty area. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. He's good at finishing his chances, but we just couldn't create for him, and as a result, his his performance suffered because of it. Um, I Again, I mean, I, I keep going back to this team selection. Maybe he shouldn't have played Victor Moses. He's coming back from Africa. I mean, he was on, he was at you know Nigerian international duty. He started William, who's one has been in poor form, and two is probably jet lagged back from Brazil. And I mentioned it in the podcast before that William is one of those players that does seem to get jet lagged from these international breaks. Yeah, I mean he's Brazilian, so you can't really blame him. It's you know twice the distance for a Spaniard or a you know. I mean, take your pick. And then just to add on his his errors, really, in picking the squad, I mean, Zappacosta, Musanda, and Pedro 
all coming in as subs played better for every single counterpart that they came in for. I mean, I think that I mean Charlie Musanda deserved to start today in spot of, in spot of William. Uh, I mean, oh, Musanda, spot. I want to get into Musanda in a little bit, but but he looked he. They all three of those guys, Zapacosta had. A, like he deserves a lot more playing he time had now. A couple assists. Yeah, he really had, yeah, that one pass to Hazard and another one I think to. Uh, he f- right when we took Michi out, Zapacosta fizzed the ball right across, like maybe three yards off of the goal line. Yeah, that would touched. If we had a striker in, that's that, that's mm-hmm. a tap in. I mean, who else do we play? I mean, if we don't have a striker and what we're, I mean, that's just the issue that we have right now. We don't we don't have a lot of. We we have a striker who could do a job, but we just don't have the right type of striker, and that's the problem. If you take Michi and put him on a different club with a different system that allows a poacher as a number nine, then he would thrive, and that's exactly what he had at Marseille. But, you know, here at Chelsea, where Antonio Conte expects all 11 players on the pitch to press and work and hold the ball up and keep possession and be very technical, that's an issue. And that's not that doesn't suit Michi's game, and it's not a it's not a it's not me bashing Michi because I think something's there, but it's just not it's not a it's not a good marriage. It's it's not the right fit. No, um, I do want to talk about Aspilicueta, okay? Because this was this is a guy who's been arguably our most consistent player for the last three years, hands down. Um, left back, right back, center back, wherever he plays, he does a job for us. Right wing back, but he looked. Awful. That was the worst performance I've seen from him in a Chelsea shirt. And I'm not saying that because I'm still, you know, coming down from this loss or just pissed off because of this loss. It really wasn't a good performance from him. And I think a lot of that has to do with N'Golo Conte not being there. Yeah. You know, Bakayoko could do a job for us, yeah, but... It's just not the same. It, it definitely it, not. Is it really isn't the same. He's not the same kind of player. I mean, he's a good defender, but you can't really honestly compare the way that they he plays... With the way that N'Golo Conte plays. This is the first match that I've seen as Piliqueta play as a right center back in a back three. Where I looked at it, and if you're looking at an outsider's point of view, you could look at him and say, that guy's playing out of position. He really he really looked out of position this match. I mean, Zaha just took him to the cleaners on his, on his second goal of the game winner. And then there was another period in the second half where Zaha actually barged him off the ball and went on a break. Thank God Zaha wasn't in match... In, didn't have match fitness because it probably would have been way worse. It would have been another goal. You wound up <laughs> spitting it out wide, and then by that time, everybody got back. But our whole back three struggled. I thought Cahill looked out of sorts. He has no more pace. David Luiz was the David Luiz of old. And, I mean, I guess this is kind of where my rant comes in because I, I genuinely don't understand where Christensen went wrong to not deserve a start in the Crystal Palace match. The matches Christensen filled in for David Luiz – our back line looked so assured. He was so a, confident. And he was pretty like pretty much our best player in almost all the games. In the Man City top three. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. In the Man City match, even Pep Guardiola had to acknowledge how good he was playing. And that's a top manager going up to an opposing player after a hard fought match and saying, Hey, you played your ass off. Yeah. Like, like respect. And the, and me saying, Get the hell away from my man. Yeah, you, you do know not even I, think about it. You know and I know he was tapping him up as well. Uh I think that it was extremely unfair to give that spot up to David Luiz. Yeah, you could say that, you know, everything that David Luiz has done this past two years and 
you know, everything but beyond as well. He's warranted for that starting spot. But I think that, you know, the way that Christensen has been playing, it would be more unfair to not cont- let him continue playing yeah. than to not let David Luiz play. It would be way more unfair to not let him play. Just because this this run of form that he's been in, it's, it's just it, our back line has it's been insane. incredible. And, I mean, David Luiz, he did – I mean that that first goal was off a deflection. I don't think that first goal was anyone's no, fault. But it was really a fluke, you know. But I I wanted to say something real quick also about that first goal. I think that you know, I would have thought that the reason why we you know played so poorly and like kind of deflated the whole game is because you know after that first goal your morale your morale really goes down. But we we responded with a goal of our own seven minutes later. Momentum at that point like had to have been on our side. But then, I think but then no, right off the kickoff, Palace came right back down and, and got a corner kick. Right. I think there's no excuse for the shit play that we had. It's more of a lapse in play of like mm-hmm. uh, more, you know, it was due more to a mental constraint rather than physical. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. I mean, obviously the international break had a lot to do with like tired legs and whatnot. But again, it's it's the mindset. And and regardless of whether Crystal Palace dropped their first seven games, regardless of whether they scored a Premier League goal or not, that's beside the point. I don't care where the hell they sit in the table. That's yeah. another London club you're going to, and you're playing at their ground. That's a London derby. you got to get up for those derby matches. And I feel yeah. like that's where we kind of miss out on JT because he was such a he was such a great motivator as a captain. And Gary K, don't get me wrong, Gary Cahill is a natural leader, but he's not the type of leader to grab you by the collar, pull your shirt in, and say, "Get your shit together." You mm-hmm. know, we need to scrap out this win. It's a very he, good point. He does. He's he doesn't have the same battle cry that John Terry does, and I feel like the whole team is missing that. There's a spine there. There definitely is. I mean, we we have we have world class players in each area of the pitch. I mean, we have Aspilaqueta in our back line. We have Angolo Conte in our midfield, and we have Hassard and Morata up top. But we don't have that vocal leader anymore that could just, you know, go into the locker room at halftime and just tear everybody a new one. Someone that everybody respects and, and, and trusts. And, you know, it, it's really starting to bite us now because matches like these, especially last season, I mean, I don't think they happen that often. There's no way we dropped two games in a row last season. Especially, you know, after after getting dominated at home to Man City. And then playing and such playing a, a pathetic team, team, kind of. I mean, I don't want to say pathetic because they did beat us, but I mean they were pathetic this whole season. Yeah, so it, far it's it's honestly an embarrassment, and you um, know it's embarrassing when your Arsenal friends write in your group chat, all caps, ha ha ha, you guys suck, man. and then they lose to Watford a couple I, hours later. To be completely honest, like I was, I went out drinking the night before, and I woke up right at the end of the game. And to see that as the first text was, like, one of the worst additions to my hangover possible. <laughs> but my hangover was completely cured when I was watching Watford Arsenal. And, you know, that last second goal, that made everything worth it. I just did not want to see Arsenal Tom, ahead of us Tom, in the stand. Tom Cleverly to Chelsea in January? or <laughs> I mean, if, if that's what it takes to beat Arsenal... <laughs> Yeah, if that if, uh, if that's what it takes. Uh, I think um, let's let you want to focus on some bright spots of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I mean, that Charlie Musanda, I mean, especially after the Instagram debacle he had this this past week. Uh, what was he doing? 
I mean, what was he thinking? He's, it was stupid of him to go out publicly, but I think he has every right to feel that way. When every single time he's played, it's it's honestly been magical to watch. I mean, his ball movement. I'm sorry, his movement off the ball mm-hmm. is out of this world. Um, you know that 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 kind of like half volley that he had off the chest. You know, first of all, beautiful pass by Fabregas. It was a great first touch. He yeah. set it up perfectly. That he was, just scuffed the shot. Right. And that's a difficult, that's a really hard shot, you know, but I mean, he probably should have, he should have done he, a little bit better. Right. At least put it on frame. And then also, I mean, talking about that Fabregas uh, pass, Fabregas played out of his mind. He played I thought he had a so really well. Match, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He could have yeah. had, he could have had two, three goals and an assist. But this is the type of match where Fabregas kind of shines, where we have a lot of possession. Other teams sit deep and Fabregas could kind of play, you know, yeah, play a little deeper and quarterback. I wish, I wish he could play like this every game. Cause it feels like there are a lot of games where he plays like this. Well, teams that press high, right. Fabregas disappears. That's but, right. But there's matches like this where when they sit back and, you know, absorb, Fabregas just pulls all the strings and and he dominates. I mean, mm-hmm. over everybody, even over Hazard, who was completely awful and non-existent in this match. Just something quick on Eden Hazard, and this is and this is something that probably irritates. Exactly. A lot I said of we were going to be on. We we're going to no, talk on a positive I know, note. <laughs> I know, but this was a completely negative <laughs> negative game for me, and it shed light on a lot of issues that we have. And one of our issues is our talisman, Eden Hazard. You see matches like the one he played against at. at at Atletico, and he looked unbeatable. Nobody, he he was world class. I mean, there's no there's no other way to really put it. He he's magical. But then you come into matches like this against Crystal Palace. These are the matches where if you really want to step into that category of world class up there with the Neymar's and the Bales, the Ronaldo's, the Messi's, you know, the Aryan Robins of a couple of years ago. If you want to be in that category. These are the matches where you kind of, you know, you have to look at your teammates and say, I'm I'm Eden Hazard. I'm going to fucking take over this game and I'm going to pull us through and I'm going to get us the win. And he and he just completely disappears. And it it happens more more often than not. And that's it's very, very discouraging as a fan because you don't you never really see him put together a great 90 minutes. You only see him put together a good maybe 10, 15-minute period yeah, in the first or flashes. second half, and he got a flash of, of brilliance, and that give, gives him a goal or an assist, and we wind up cruising to the win, and then everybody forgets about that little moment. I'm, I'm forgetting him to step up for a full match, just like he did against Atletico, take it by the scruff of the neck, say, I'm going to win us this match because I'm world-class. I'm one of the best in the world. I'm the best player in the Premier League, and I'm going to show everybody that. He doesn't seem to have that little bit of cocky arrogance that you know the Ronaldos of the world have and that the Neymars of the world have because as much as we hate that attribute about them that's what makes them great Mm -hmm. and if you look at any other sport it's the same exact way I mean correct me if I'm wrong he he still hasn't scored yet in this Premier League season right no no no. I think that if you know there's going to be talk about you know and it's I know it's not all just rumors I know that he would love to play for Real Madrid there's, you know, him talking to Zidane about possibly coming over. It's, it's, I mean, if he's going to – if if he wants to play for a club that good, he, he can't even manage to, you know, play systemically and continuously at a high class for Chelsea. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, first he's got to prove himself here, and but, then he can think about thing. going elsewhere. But, I mean, I mean obviously us, I don't want that to happen. But 
He showed us flashes of it, and we know he has that capability. It's about it, consistency, it, man. It's that my it, it to me. It's more about mindset because you can't tell me that you know a professional footballer gets tired, you know, right. after one match and disappears against a team like Palace. I mean, tired. What do you mean? He's been out. He looked. Whole he hasn't he played looked, a full ninety. Except he for one looked game. exhausted. He looked unmotivated, and that goes all to the mindset. You don't see the top top players in the world disappearing off the map for three or four weeks at a time. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. I think, and that's that. that and that, and to me, that's the only thing that's really holding him back from being in that caliber. Yeah, because I mean, like you know, when you see Ronaldo and those players like that, they have the confidence to take the shot from wherever. Like you know, you're saying it's cockiness. I say it's confidence in your ability, mm-hmm. and. I don't know if Hazard, like you said, has that same sense of like cockiness or confidence where it's like, I think all right, I'm just gonna take over right, freaking now. He's more, he's more of a provider, Hazard. Yeah, let, let's like, the ball game come to him instead of taking control of it. And he's the type of player that needs to be nurtured. And I know Conte has a lot of great words to say about Hazard. And even when Mourinho put him under pressure, Hazard started to step up a little bit. But it's just, it's, it's very, very irritating because. You know, you look at all the players that started in that match, and you would never guess that Eden Hazard would be in the bottom half of the list in terms of total performance for that week. And I genuinely feel that way. There wasn't one moment in the Palace match where I was, you know, oh, wow, that was a clever bit of play. I never felt that. Yeah. And And he even, like, really blew it on that one pass from Zapacosta. I mean, that was right in front of him and a little bit of pressure from a defender. To be fair, he's not a number nine, but still, still, a player of that quality You're fast. You know, I mean, with his speed, he should be able to get to that. So so just wrapping it up, I mean, what did we learn from this match? If if you had to give me me a couple points, what do you think? Uh, My first one, and I think this one, I think most people would agree to this, Charlie Musanda needs to start playing over Willian for at least for a couple matches. Until Willian gets his form back. Right. I think Willian just needs to get his head back. And then I think that Zapacosta as well needs to be playing a lot more. I mean, not necessarily for Victor Moses at this point, but I think that games like today, like Victor mm-hmm. Moses, you know, he's he's not he's not he you know, he's off on international break. I think it, it was it should have been a no brainer to start Zapacosta, but unfortunately he didn't. But I mean, he does look like he can possibly make a run for the for the possible. starting right wing back spot. It's possible. He's a he's an insanely good crosser. Oh yeah, I mean we knew that coming in. That was like the one thing that like. But we, we never really knew, saw but... it in full display. I mean, against Karabag, kind of, but we were more we were attacking right up the middle. I mean, they were just dude. He had, a, he had a cross so good that it turned to a goal. Yeah. <laughs> he did not mean that, but no. I think I think you know we didn't really learn much besides what you said. Batshuayi doesn't fit the system. Musanda needs chances as well as Zapacosta, and we need Morata and Conte back as soon as possible. More so Ingolo Conte. Oh shit! Because I just think I think without having Ingolo Conte as that screen in our midfield, it just sheds light on how crap our three center backs were, and you know our defense isn't that good man for man. We really aren't. We just have an insane screen in N'Golo Conte. Yeah. It's like playing with 12 players. Anyways, that was depressing, dude. Yeah, hopefully this next talk, I mean... There's you know, no way that that we're going to come out against Roma 
not fiery. Yeah, we need to. I mean, because if, if we look motivated in any competition so far, it's been the Champions League. Right, and we, I, we look like we're on a mission. I kind of said it earlier, and I don't know if, um, Cost. I mean, Conte agrees with me, or if, you know, is on the same page as me. But I think that Premier League is kind of at this point out of our reach now. And I really? think that if we, I, I, I mean, I think Man City is just gonna run away with it the way that they've been playing. Seven it's, goals past Stoke. It's like I mean, we we want to get we want to be good enough to qualify for Champions League again next year, but I don't think that it's gonna happen. I don't think we're gonna win it this year. Man City's gonna be too good, but I think that it's still a possibility for us to go all out and have another um, 2012 season where we win Champions League with not necessarily the best squad on paper. But you know, having great managing exactly, yeah, and it's possible. But I think individual moments. And so far, I mean, we've looked fantastic. But let's talk a little bit about Roma because you know they're they're one of the top defensive teams in Syria. Yeah, um, only conceded five goals in their first seven matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like Costas Manolas, the guy who's really at the helm of that defense, he won't be available for the match which i mean it's going to be a huge boost for chelsea but yeah. still it's not it's not a reason he's, for us to he's to, pure he's he's pure class too yeah I mean, i'm surprised he's been linked to a lot of bigger clubs mm-hmm. and, and he hasn't left I'm, I'm i'm really surprised that he's still there i thought Juve would have gone after him solid ball playing center half yeah but still i don't i don't think this is the cause for chelsea fans to have a sigh of relief and think that oh this is going to be an easy win because they still got a lot of quality players and the way that they play is uh, is going to be tough on us. Yeah, I mean, just going through their injury list, you could tell that they, you know, that they're probably going to struggle in this match. Again, Costas Manolas is, I think he's suspended. I don't know if he's injured. Um, Patrick Schick, their new signing, he's injured. Probably not going to show. Um, Gregor Defrel, not going to show. Emerson Palmieri, possibly Kevin Strutman and El Shirawi. Um Most likely, I think Strutman will probably take some type of pain injection shot and wind up playing because when is he not injured right he's always injured um he even has the injury prone uh trait in fifa <laughs> that's how you know a guy is really injury prone is if he's injury prone to fifa that's I just play, mean i play too much fifa but um you know again this is an italian side and if one thing is guaranteed when you play an italian side you know they're going to be very gritty and very organized in the back and regardless of whether they're missing their best center half or not, you could put your money on it that they're going to give us a hard time and that the opportunities are going to be few few and far in between. Um, but, again, it's not just their defense. They have players that can't hurt us. And just looking at their attacking attacking line and their midfield, these are the types of players that do hurt Chelsea. And And, and I'm not just saying that because it's Roma. A striker like Edin Dzeko has come to haunt us in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, a big striker that could dominate in the air, that'll most likely sit on Azpilicueta. Yeah. And, you know, pot, and, and he has great wingers to cross him the ball in, in, in good positions. He can hold up play. He's really good at linking up play with his, with his midfield and forwards. They have three legitimate box-to-box midfielders in De Rossi, Strutman, and Nangolin. Nangolin, I don't know how Roberto Martinez is not picking him in the Belgium squad, but he might be a top three box-to-box, box-to-box midfielder in the world. I mean, he's absolutely ridiculous. He's a freak. Um, 
yeah, it's going to be tough for us to win that midfield battle, especially, yeah. you know, N'Golo Conte, Danny Drinkwater is still going to be out. I mean, we have Fabregas. I think there's no, I think no doubt David Luiz is going to step into the midfield. Yeah, I think he We're has gonna go to. We're going to go with that Tottenham. That that Tottenham setup that and we that, played and, at Wembley, and like I like I talked about it that the episode after that game, and I did really like him in that role, and I think it really does open up, the, the you know we talked about it earlier, open up the chance for Christensen to start again in that spot. A and, very crucial Champions League match. I mean, he and this is something he's experienced in. I mean, he played two Champions League campaigns with Gladbach, so he's played against the big boys before, and he's played on the grand stage. I'm so confident in that guy's ability. Especially after I talked to my uh, Danish friend on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but but he's I, I I can't I can't preach him enough I can't preach about him enough and like you said David Luiz is really good in that midfield role at screening in front of the back four in front of the back three. I mean I I can I can realistically see David Luiz playing in that role until Angola Conte comes back just just in the for the near future. Yeah, not for just for this match. It could work. I, I, we're so deep at center half. I don't know why Conte is so reluctant to put him into the midfield and take that chance. Yeah. I mean, how many teams could look at their bench and see Rudiger and Andreas Christensen not starting against a team like Crystal Palace? Yeah. Very very few teams could do that. Um, especially in the Premier League where good center halves are hard to come by. Um, so I mean, what do we need to do to win this? Because... You mentioned earlier, you know, even without their best defender, they're you know an Italian side that has really neat organization on their back line, and it's going to be tough for us to score. So if by chance we do get a, a goal or maybe even two, it's going to be crucial. Crucial for us to keep keep a clean sheet. Yeah, stay very organized and tight at the back. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah, I mean these opportunities to score is not, are not going to come often. So if we don't keep a clean sheet, we'll, we'll walk away. We won't walk away with three. We'll walk away with one or zero points. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's true. I mean this is again, I just have a feeling that this is one of those games that's going to be a very very hard fought match. Interesting fact. Do you know the last time we played Roma? The guess Champions who, League? Guess who scored? Who did? John Terry. Oh, really? Yeah, so... We lost that game, huh? We are going to purchase John Terry, <laughs> start him against Roma, and he's going to score, and we're going to win. I'm, 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 I'm living I, in dream. Like you said, like you were just talking about how we have so many center halves. I know, so let's go, I know, let's go I know, out and get another one. Well, John Terry is also a goalkeeper, too, so... Oh, okay, yeah. And, and, with, for a half. and with Courtois going to uh, Real, Madrid Real Madrid all of a sudden, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Hopefully he doesn't go, but I could kind of see him going. Yeah. That's a conversation for another day. Uh, Look, after a very, very depressing week, I think it's safe to say that as Chelsea fans, the team, the players, manager, the club, they owe it to us to at least get three points from this match. And if we don't get the three points, at least show us a resilient, solid, hard-fought performance. Because Roma is the type of team that can get a result from this match. Um, and they need it, too. They do need they it. They need it more yeah. than us, honestly. They do need it. Um, so I'm going to go with a 1-0 to us. I can see it going 0-0. Zero, zero, mm-hmm. No one scoring the whole game. But, uh, and us having like 63, 64% possession. Yeah, typical. And But 
I kind of want to, I think that we, I have a feeling that we're going to end up winning with this game mm-hmm. uh, just because of how shit we've played and how great we've we've played in Premier League. I mean, sorry, in Champions League. Um, so a- they're going to rally up, rally around everyone and just take this. Apparently, Murata came back to training um, this mm-hmm. weekend. So if he's available for the Roma game, do you start him? I mean, whether he's in, whether he's in match, uh, whether he has match fitness or not. I mean, I mean he's always been the, out for... Is the alternative to start uh, Mishi Batshuayi as a striker or to, to Again, not play a striker at all? Tactically, it makes sense to play a guy like Michi because we're going to... I'm anticipating us having a lot of possession in and around their penalty area. Man, I think... And you need a poacher. I think that, I mean, Mishi Batshuayi plays his best coming off right at the end of the game. So if we start Marada, you know, and then put in Mishi Batshuayi... I don't know. I, th- I don't think Mishi just... I think... If 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 Murata's available, like maybe you play maybe him. maybe we can just play Murata for one minute and then take him out and put him because like Mishi just plays better when he comes on as a sub. Even if, you know he'll play eighty nine minutes as a sub. I think this is a must win match, especially with two games on the skid. Conte's going to feel the pressure, and if Murata's available, he's going to play his best players. I think that's enough said. So you're going nil nil, very cynical. Yeah. Wow, cynical slash realistic. I'm going one nil. I'm sticking to my guns. Let's do it. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think we, I think we could win this game. Yeah, I'm gonna go one nil. Um, so uh, our next Premier League match is we welcome Watford to the Bridge. Yes, Watford um, was my favorite team this past week. A nice, a nice <laughs> early um match for us in Los Angeles. Four thirty in the morning. Can't oh, wait yeah. to wake up for that one and watch it. Um, but yeah, coming off a really, really big win against Arsenal and honestly one that was pretty well deserved um it wasn't one of those fluke victories I thought Watford put in a good enough effort in that match to win three points um they they have a lot of young um and experienced talent on their team particularly in the midfield um Ricardo Pereira um Ducore they have our beloved Nathaniel Chaloba mm-hmm. AKA the five million pound Danny Drinkwater. AKA how did we fuck how, that up? How did we fuck that <laughs> up? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the best possible nickname you could come up with for Chiloba. AKA how could we fuck that one up? We fucked that one up so bad. Ugh, I can't get over it. But yeah, I mean they have Andre Gray uh, uh, as our striker, very pacey uh, striker who could hit us on the counter. Um, and they have this Brazilian that we were actually linked with over the summer, Richarlison, mm-hmm. who I think he's 19 or 20. Um, but he's been stuck out on the left for the most part, but he's coming. He's chipped in with a couple goals and a couple solid performances for them so far. And, and you know, all the all of the um, interest that other clubs had in him over the summer is definitely warranted. I mean, I've watched him play a couple times and he looks he looks solid. He looks like a really, really good player. Um, unfortunately, we won't see Chaloba though, which I am kind of bummed out about. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. it's I was. I, I was, probably would have been really depressed watching him play against us. Best case scenario, we go into this match, we route Watford, and Nathaniel Chaloba plays a blinder against us, but we still wind up winning, like three or four nil. Yeah. It won't happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it will not happen. I, I don't believe. I I'll believe anything. I don't know how bad his knee injury week. is. I mean, I, I I wish him well. I, I'm still a huge fan of his. Um, I've always been, but um, a lot of crucial things that we need to do to win this match. Some, 
we need to score first. Yeah. Because lately, that's been an issue. Um, the Atletico game, the Man City game, um, the Crystal Palace game. We need to score first, and we need to build on that momentum. Watford's a team, when they build momentum, and they get those wheels running, they get very, very confident. Yeah, I mean, and, we saw it last week it against shows. Arsenal. Yep. They scored two goals late in the game after, you know, Arsenal had the chance to put him away. And that that's something that we can learn from, their mistake. When they had the opportunity to put him away, they didn't take that advantage. We need to be clinical. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's, that's we know we, they're we they're gonna to give us chances because their their back line isn't very good. Mm-hmm. But but one thing I noticed that Watford likes to do is they like to match the uh they like to match the formation of their opponents and they like to play the opponent's game and do it better than them. And that's what they did last week against Arsenal. They actually lined up with a three four three. And it worked. It worked really, really well. And when you look at it, they do have the right personnel to do something like that because with Richarlison, Andre Gray, Ricardo Pereira, they have a little bit of pace. Mm-hmm. And Troy Deeney is a very, very good hold-up striker who could who could bring players in. You know, Troy Deeney is someone you got to look out for. And he talked after the game in his own words. You know, he's a physical, rough, and ugly player. He's going to be looking at who on our back three wants the challenge. So it's important that they look up for it, you know, because you, as you know, he's a scrapper. Yeah, he yeah. can get down. He can get down. He's very, very. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's one of those tough guys. He's one of those guys who you just don't want to fuck with in general. Like if you right. were to walk into, a, if you were in a bar fight, he's one of those guys where you don't want to see on the other side. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. He's definitely one of those guys. Like, yeah, def- yeah well, I'm sure there's a couple people who have uh, who've who actually been on that other side of the fight, right? Who else right? would you have there? I mean, I'd have Roy Keane in his prime. For sure. Prime fight. Who would you not want to fight against in the Premier Yeah. Um, like, like, who are you confident that I do not want to take on? That you want to take on, yeah. Honestly, that was worded really bad. No, I'll, yeah, I'll take on anyone, honestly. Yeah, but. <laughs> I'll, I'll fuck anyone up. Yeah. That's why I, that's how I'm having yeah, such a put, hard time figuring out yeah, who I was. Put Ryan Shawcross in front of you. <laughs> fuck his ass up. No there's, way. There's, if there's one person I know I can take, it's... Uh, Sandy Corzola. Sandy Corzola would be a pretty easy fight. But I, was, I was thinking Her, uh, Herrera. Under Herrera? Yeah, under Why? Herrera. Just because your hate for him exactly. would turn you into like a prized the, MMA fighter? Right. Yeah. yeah I, would just, I would just unleash all my fury on him. Yeah. I feel like I would do the same with Marilyn Fellaini, but except I would be like, I would fight Marilyn Fellaini like Ric Flair used to fight in the WWF. Woo! I would, give, I would give him a low blow, a couple slaps to the chest, you know, and then hopefully pull a chair out from under the ring and just I was I was gonna say I'm I'm gonna pull out the rocks move and give him the people's elbow. Give him the people's elbow. Yeah, that's what the people want. Yeah. Yeah. Give that, the people what they want. You gotta give the people what they want. And what we want is a win against Watford. So what do you think the score will be in that match? I think I I think two one would be a I think I think two one. A decent uh, Chelsea. I'm gonna go with three one. Um, I think the Roma game is going to be really frustrating for us offensively. I think we're not going to put in as many goals, and I think we're going to just let loose on Watford. After the Stoke game, you know, I thought that was like our coming out party because it's been a long time coming since we just destroyed a team. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it's about to happen again. So I'm going to say we put at least three past Watford. Maybe they nick a goal like late in the game, but it, it doesn't mm-hmm. really count because it's like a 90th minute. Yeah, hopefully mm-hmm. there's no like awful 
penalty calls, kind of like last week. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna say it was a good call just because it was against Arsenal. I would have called the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe we got through this podcast without crying, man. Who said we got through without crying? It's I had a couple of tears. They just don't know because it's a podcast. It's extremely depressing. You know, like last week losing to Palace kind of felt like Bruce Willis did in Pulp Fiction before he was about to get raped. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of felt like that. Just like in a room, a very dark room, very depressing. With a gag in your mouth. With a gag in my mouth, sweating. And then this muscular man just – anyways, I think we should stop the pod there. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) I don't know. I was, I was kind of digging the details a little bit. Yeah, Muscular yeah. man. No, please no, but you continue. know what? But you know what? That's what it felt like because that guy from Pulp Fiction does kind of look like Mama Deuce. <laughs> so okay. On that note, let's yeah. let's cut the pod. Do you want to sign out for a change? Or actually, a actually, we, 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 can do, we do need to do the shout out. So yeah. Um, quick shout out to all the Twitter followers that we have. I mean, you guys are starting to engage with us more and more every week, and it's awesome. So keep it up. Um, make sure to tweet us at Romans Empire Pod. Um, also email us Romans Empire Pod at Gmail. Follow us on iTunes. Just search uh, Romans Empire, um, a Chelsea FC podcast. You'll find us. SoundCloud, whatever it may be, we're pretty much available on every single um podcasting platform and every single third party app. So please give us a listen. Check us out. Subscribe. Let us know what you guys think. Um. And until next week, hopefully we can talk about match reviews for two solid wins. Um, So with that being said, keep the blue flag flying high and we'll see you soon.